Well, I'll tell you a story about a friend of mine from a good Catholic family. He's really pious as a boy, even though he had the typical problems of having a very difficult time sitting still. Still at his first communion, he knelt there motionless for an hour and a half, making thanksgiving. His dad died when he was about 10. He's very intelligent, so he went off to university at an early age. He's about 16 years old. After some time, he's ordained to the priesthood. His family didn't come to the ordination. In fact, even if they had known about the ordination, they still wouldn't have come. Is there something going on over here I need to know? Okay. Why wouldn't they have come to this ordination? Well, during the ceremony, strange noises and rumbling thunder were heard, and even blasphemies being shrieked out by evil spirits. You see, he wasn't ordained as a priest of Jesus Christ. He wasn't ordained a Catholic priest at all. In fact, he's ordained as a priest of Satan. Now, how did that happen? How did a nice young man from a good Catholic family become a satanic priest? Bad courses, bad company, and bad decisions. We're all frail, weak creatures, and we ignore that at our own peril. Never forget that no one goes to heaven alone, and no one goes to hell alone. You can't be too careful when it comes to choosing your closest companions. Look at the people of Israel, the chosen people. God rescued them with his mighty arm, led them up out of Egypt. But they'd spent too much time with the bad company of Egyptians. And the very first chance they got, Moses goes up on the mountain, and what do they do? They turn back to the idolatrous worship of the bull god Apis. On the other hand, look at the example that Christ our Lord gives us. He's God. And yet... When he stoops down to our level and becomes man, he spends his first 30 years in the company of the Blessed Virgin and St. Joseph before he struck out to convert sinners. He gave us that example for our benefit. Furthermore, we all know when we make the act of contrition, we're bound to avoid near occasions of sin. That means, unless an occasion can't be avoided, obviously, if we get thrown in a prison cell with someone who's an occasion of sin to us, that's a near occasion of sin that can't be avoided. But if we get, if we go into an occasion of sin, a near occasion of sin that can be avoided, that in itself is a sin to stay there or to remain. Bad courses, bad company, these are near occasions of sin. It's venial if the person or the course is an occasion of venial sin. It's mortal if the person or the course is an occasion of mortal sin. So anyway, how did this nice young man from a good Catholic family become a satanic priest? When he went off to college, it started when he took a philosophy course from a fallen away priest. And the priest had an agenda. That's not surprising. When we fall, we usually fall a long ways. The course confused him so much that he stopped praying and he stopped practicing his faith. Don't underestimate the danger. There's a power, a dangerous power in bad books, bad media, bad courses, and especially bad professors. 
Young man's wondering, is Jesus Christ God or not? And right there, when he's in that confusion, the enemy realized it and sent the bad company in his life and said, come on, I'll take you to a place where all your questions can be answered. And where did he find himself? At a seance with a medium channeling a spirit. Now, what does that mean? That mean, what does it mean when we say he found himself at a seance with a medium channeling a spirit? It means he found himself at some kind of occult ceremony with a person who has allowed an evil spirit to take him over and to speak through him. Which means, whether or not he realized it at the time, he found himself talking to a demon, which is a direct violation of the first commandment. And it's the first because it's the most important. And if Eve, who was perfect and immaculate, could get taken out by talking to the dragon, don't kid yourself. He asked the spirit, is Jesus Christ God? Yes, the medium answered. Are the precepts true? Are the Ten Commandments true? Yes, except the sixth. That's thou shalt not commit adultery. Which of the two religions is the true one? Catholicism or Protestantism? Both are false, replied the lying spirit. The young man is now in the grease skids. Instead of listening to the voice of truth that comes from Christ our Lord through the church, and only through the Catholic church, he let himself be duped by the devil himself. The devil knows how to mix up truth and falsehood in order to mislead souls and lead them into sin. He knows where our weak points are. He's been studying us. He never sleeps. He knows where every one of us, he knows us on, at the natural level far better than we know ourselves. He's got an angelic intelligence. And he's here to destroy us if we're stupid enough to let him. The rejection of the Sixth Commandment, well, I don't think you need me to explain what that meant in that young man's life, except that it meant an excess of every kind of immorality. And what about the answer about Catholicism and Protestantism? He says, if neither of them are true, what difference does religion make? One thing led to another once he's in this mental and moral state, until finally he finds himself as a priest of Satan. From innocence... At his first communion, an hour and a half in Thanksgiving, from innocence to a hardened sinner. Now, this is somebody that's not just bad. He's actually wicked. You're going to become a satanic priest when you're explicitly worshiping the demon. This is evil. It's not just falling into sins out of weakness. He's actually perverted his will so bad that he's not bad out of weakness, but out of malice. He's consciously and deliberately choosing to do evil instead of good. You might say he was zealous in his priesthood. He spent himself actively spreading the kingdom of darkness, sort of an anti-evangelist for the prince of this world, corrupting youth and spreading the anti-gospel, the snares of sin far and wide. Then one day, he's 31 years old by this time, he runs into an old friend a good, devout Catholic professor who'd known him when he'd first arrived at university, 16 years old, bright-eyed, rosy-cheeked. And the professor could hardly recognize him because a life of that kind of sin 
has its own physical toll on a man. The professor said, oh my word, man, what's gone wrong with you? You look like they had to lock you up in an insane asylum. And the satanic priest responded, yeah, I feel like I'm losing it. I'm actually hearing a voice in my ear. A voice? Yeah, it's my dad. Your dad? I thought he died when you were a kid. He did. Okay. Well, what is your dad saying to you? Repent. Repent. Repent from what? And then it all came out. The professor obviously stood him back a little bit, but he said, you know, there's someone I'd like you to meet. And he set him up a meeting with the learned and holy Dominican priest. It would have been great to be in the room when they're sitting on at the table where you have a priest of Satan and a priest of Jesus Christ. And they're having this little sort of a argument over truth and stuff like that. But the Dominican made mincemeat using St. Thomas out of the ridiculous arguments proposed by the satanic priest. But it wasn't until he finally convinced the guy to do something. He, he slid some over and says, why don't you use this? He said, that's just a stupid superstition. All right, go ahead, try it. He got him to say the rosary. He got him to say the rosary. The death grip of the serpent was definitively broken. So he went to confession. And that is a miracle. It's a miracle of grace. Now, this is way more of a miracle than raising a whole cemetery full of dead people to life. Way more, because that's just a physical miracle. This is a miracle of grace. As St. Augustine points out, it's a greater miracle to do something like this than to create the whole universe. Okay, anyway, this guy had had the holy faith, which God gave to him as a free gift at his baptism, and then he threw it away, turning to idolatry, devil worship, and life as a hardened sinner. And God is under no obligation to give someone like that the faith back, which he so stupidly threw away. At any rate, he made a good confession. A satanic priest repenting and confessing his sins. Part of his penance, he's strictly forbidden to think about his past life. Why? Because when someone has lived a life like that, that's really that evil, the temptation to mortal sin's despair are very great. Because it isn't like the devil gives up. When does the devil give up? Right after we get to judgment and not a minute before. He's doing all right. So he went to a baptism, and he's standing there watching this child be baptized, and gets reflecting. You know, this baby's being consecrated forever to Jesus Christ, but I've been consecrated for all eternity to Satan. There's no hope for someone like me. And all a flood of despair came washing over him, and all the images of his past life, all these horrendous sins overwhelmed him. He busted out of the church, and he started running. He's having this terrible temptation, the temptation of Judas, the horrible temptation of despair. And he's running out through the fields. And as he's running along, all of a sudden he remembers what the Blessed Mother had promised St. Dominic. The soul which recommends itself to me by the recitation of the rosary shall not perish, and all that who propagate this holy rosary shall be aided by me in, in all their necessities. So he knelt down right then and there, and he made a vow to the Blessed Virgin that he would spend the rest of his life promoting the Holy Rosary of Our Lady. And he did just that, and a lot more. But time doesn't permit us to get into that. His last words, as he lay dying there, with a crucifix in one hand and a rosary in the other, were, I long only to see Mary, 
who has saved me from the clutches of Satan and will continue to save me from the clutches of Satan. How fitting it was in 1980, during the month of October, the month dedicated to the Holy Rosary, this former child of the devil, this satanic priest got a new name, the Man of Mary. And he got a new title, Blessed. Our Holy Father, the Pope, canonized Blessed Bartolo Longo. I've got a first-class relic of him right here. I always keep it there when I'm saying Mass, whenever I say Mass. Now let's take a minute and think about this. I don't care who you are, I don't care what you've done. You haven't lived a reprobate life like Blessed Bartolo Longo. This man was a satanic priest. That's it. That's the boundary. That's the only way to do something more evil is if a priest becomes a satanic priest. You can't get any farther than that. That's it. That kind of sin can't even begin to be talked about from the pulpit. It doesn't get worse than that. And yet, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, this reprobate, this evil man, who knew what he was doing, was given the grace to repent, not only to repent and return to the faith and make a good confession, but through the true devotion of Mary, was led on to the heights of sanctity from the very depths of the pit. And I mean the very depths. Our Lord used a whip of cords to cleanse a temple, and it was only full of crooks. But Our Lady didn't use a whip of cords. She used, she cleaned out a whole hive of devils and converted a hardened sinner. A hardened sinner, a man who had committed mortal sins against the faith, which means he not only lost charity, like every mortal sin, he lost hope and faith. She converted this sinner, not only converted him, but through her holy rosary, led him to the heights of sanctity. You don't need me to tell you we're living in a culture without the virtues of faith and hope. A culture without hope, that's another term for the culture of death, which is just another term for a culture of despair. The drugs, the drinking, the sexual carry-on, the tattoos and piercings and black clothes and weird music and occult weirdness, these are all just ways for so many people to deaden their lives, deaden all the pain they have in their pointless existence, because they don't know why they're here. They're just outward expressions of an incredible mass of people they're flirting with who are locked into despair, living with no hope, no point in their life, and they don't see any way out. But the hand of divine providence has sent us just a man for these times. We can help out our troubled family members, our friends, our acquaintances, and even our enemies. They're trapped in these snares of the culture of death by turning to a saint for modern sinners, by praying for them to blessed Bartolo, by begging him to obtain from Our Lady the grace to convert them, the grace of conversion. We can ask Him to convert these people. I'm not up here just telling it because it sounds good. I have a devotion to you. I've seen it work. I've told some people this story. This is just one story. When I was a deacon, I used to go to a... It's a holding facility for, for criminals on their way from one place to the other. Young criminals. But these guys are criminals, you know. You're not in there for shoplifting or stealing snicker bars or something, you know, gangsters. You know, I was playing chess. The guy wanted to play chess or checkers. I, don't know, I guess it was chess. So they're sitting there playing. And, and uh, I'd gone down there quite a few times and played chess with this guy. He's baptized. That was it. Baptized as a Catholic. And that's about all. 
And then one day, right in the middle of this chess game, he just looks up and he said, Hey, do you know, do you think God can forgive someone who has, and I'm not going to say, but you can fill in terrible crimes. I said, yeah, sure, let me tell you a little story. And I told him about Blessed Bartolo. When I finished, I mean, I finished and he said, I want to see a priest because I want to make my first confession. I, it was, I finished and that was his response. People, I had to prepare him for confession because he didn't even know Jesus was God. He didn't know about the Trinity. He didn't know God had become man and died. He knew he was a Catholic and had been baptized. That is all. That was the sum total of his religious knowledge. I'm a Catholic. I've been baptized. That was it. He didn't know the command. I had to go through all this. And he had the grace. And believe me, this would take... I didn't hear his confession. I'm not breaking any seals. I'm not saying anything. But believe me, going through the commandments and helping him out. This took a miracle of grace for a young person like that to go to confession. Bless Bartolo and his intercession open this young man's heart. And if he gets to heaven, I think it will be because, because a former satanic priest went to the Blessed Virgin and asked her to throw down a little lifeline of grace into this poor gangster's heart. So we know people like that. Maybe some of you here today, troubled souls that think there's no way out, no hope. Or maybe you've been away from confession for a long time. Or maybe you're making bad confessions, concealing th something out of shame or false pride. Deliberately got tangled up in sacrilege in the confessional. And then the devil says there's no hope for you. And just keep going through the motions, huh? Or maybe you've been struggling with a serious problem. And you know, even though you don't like to think about it, it'll be eternal disaster if you die in your state. Don't stay where you're at. Go to confession, pray to Blessed Bartolo, say your rosary, and for the love of God, go to confession. Go to confession. Christ our Lord's waiting for you with open arms. The only thing you have to lose is your sins. He'll give you peace of soul. Peace of soul. He's the only one that can do that. Go to confession. Get that peace of soul. Pray to, pray to Blessed Bartolo. Blessed Bartolo Longo, pray for us. Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, pray for us.